real enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holler if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we live in. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? Um, good afternoon, everyone. This is uh, 11-12-2022. Uh, um, thank you so much for all the support and also everyone that has given great feedback. Um, this is the Jabari VLC podcast. I am Jabari Jabari. Um, and if you like what you're hearing today, like, share, uh, support. The link will be below. Um monthly subscriber, whatever you want and feel that is best that you can uh, give towards uh, keeping this podcast going. But thank you all so much um, that has been supportive. And we're going to get right back into it with music, culture, and politics. And in this part of the half is mostly politics and, and, and culture. And it is, uh, we're on the cusp of Trans Remembrance uh, Day that is uh, always celebrated on November 20th and it's a big it's a very it, it has always been annually put together um effectively and so much uh great um turnouts have come here in New Haven um and one of the organizers who is actually like one of the original who have organized uh Trans Remembrance Day I have him on the podcast today um and again, like for so long, um, we we have to just keep having these conversations and centering trans people's voices instead of what I see other podcasters doing, the cis podcasters, uh, my fellow cis guys that are always on there giving their opinions and not actually adding or inviting anyone to platforms to have a discussion. So I'm not for that. I think you should talk to everyone instead of just just ignoring voices and we're going to continue to talk about this so i have Karel on who is a very great friend of mine as well too and we're going to talk about pair pride and we're going to talk about uh the pair pride which is his nonprofit, and we're going to talk about trans remembrance day hello hey jamar <laughs> what's going? up how's it going good to be on again yeah thank you for taking the time out to be able to come on um i have right here for people that are in Connecticut, I have actually a flyer that I will show here visually on where you can participate at to be a part of TDOR in Connecticut. We're going to look at that real quick. <laughs> oh, I got to remove everybody's faces. Map, like, no, it's not. It's not no. a map. I'm about to be yeah, like, I can't even, New Haven's in the quiet corner. I'm sorry. 
Oh, you just going to say? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I heard. I heard you. I heard you. But when I took your face off the screen, oh, it didn't overlap, which is sad. <laughs> it does that sometimes, but it didn't do it that time. No, it's all but good. those are the dates. Oh, what are you trying to say, though? So, <laughs> oh, I was just making a joke. I was saying because I was on I was on the radio yesterday, and they were like, "This is a map." I'm like, "This is not a map. That's not where New Haven is. It's just artistic <laughs> license." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not a map. Like, if anyone oh, looked at dude, that, like, oh, it's a map. It's not a map. <laughs> New Haven is not all the way up there near no. fucking Massachusetts, dude. No, we have to move it around to make it fit. It was like a whole thing. We might have to move it around now because so many people think it's a map. It's not a map. Find your city and then, <laughs> and then Google Map it. <laughs> that is absolutely dope. Mm-hmm. Um, how many how many people are you having estimate to be a part of all all this? Oh, it is so hard to guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because right in New Haven, we we tend to have a really big turnout. Um, you know, compared to a lot of places, obviously Hartford. Shout out to Reverend um, Pastor Aaron Miller, who's been doing this for so many years now. Um, Hartford's always had their annual T door. New Haven's had our annual T door every year. Um, But what's really cool and what makes this unpredictable is actually a lot of these locations are places where there hasn't been a T-Door historically. Um, Mm -hmm. Like Waterbury, um, if there has been one, you know, the trans people that are organizing it are not aware of there having been one. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Avon, Torrington, uh, you know, Danbury, Bethel, some of those locations. you know, if there have been vigils, it's been fairly small, um, that or it hasn't happened. And so a lot of the people that are actually involved in organizing this are trans youth, they're trans people who just happen to live in a certain area. They're not, you know, professional or like long-term organizers. They're just folks who want to bring trans people together in a space that's by and for trans people. And I think that's what's really cool about this initiative. Um, so to your question, I don't know how many people to expect. It could be very small. It could be very large. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it depends on the city. Um, you know, what we've been talking about as a team is that, um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's big or small. What matters is that people have a space to go. And even if one trans person has a space to go on a day that, you know, is is complicated for us, it's a day of remembrance for us. It's a day of a lot of care and a lot of very raw emotion for our community um that's you know that's a win in my book mm-hmm. yeah um th- that's something i definitely talked about with norman um from um q plus when i had him on last week about mm-hmm. just the importance of just taking up space and having space um especially especially with kids um it, especially right now <laughs> like I, I maybe i'm too young to understand but like i'm seeing like the need so much more right now with all the attacks mm-hmm. all around the united oh, states yeah. with legislation and everything um and and i'm i'm just shocked that you know this is not a national holiday but would trans people want this to be acknowledged as a national holiday because i think it would probably be like you know taken away corporately <laughs> like everything else <laughs> a good question um i mean i i can't speak for all trans people um mm-hmm. you know do trans people want something i don't know i don't know what trans people want um but <laughs> i think i guess my first my first impulse with trans day of remembrance is one of the things that's kind of complicated about it is um 
when people think of a day for trans people, a lot of the time, the first place where people's heads go is for is to Trans Day of Remembrance. And mm. that's kind of, you know, like you'll see a lot of, um, you'll see a lot of like organizations doing like trans stuff around Trans Day of Remembrance, like general trans stuff. Like you'll see, um, you know, a lot of, you know, companies and agencies and stuff like having trans specific messaging in November, trans specific messaging around uh, Trans Day of Remembrance. And at the rate, that's good that people notice us um, mm -hmm. and are doing something. But I do think that it's telling and it's, um, you know, it's, it's a little sad for a lot of us that the day that we're recognized, that, that is recognized as our day is the day of our funerals in our community, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. It's the day when we remember all the lives lost to transphobic violence around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, that, that's a complicated thing. Because A, of course, it does acknowledge the need for immediate action. It acknowledges the need to um, respond to the epidemic of transphobic violence around the world and inside the United States. But um, there's more to us than just the fact that we get killed. And I think like focusing in on TDOR as the trans day says mm -hmm. that like the way that we want to acknowledge trans people is when they're dead. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, that's definitely something that is a huge conversation to have because it's just like the trend of how activism is in my opinion of just how, you know, what's the best way that we can make an impact. And so it's like mm -hmm. ever growing in this idea of how, we can um, bring more to light on on all these issues, and also bring more to light on the the badass activists and fighters that were there before mm -hmm. us, the Stone Wall that yeah. that actually gave us the freedoms that we have and everything. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I see that between like with me being a part of um, as a pansexual, I do I do see the disconnect between sexuality and actual identity, <laughs> and how it's important to be aware of that. Um, and a lot of liberal news will bring on somebody that's just gay to talk about trans issues when that's just, it's, it's not effective. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sorry. I'm still here. I just have a, I have a cat oh, situation. <laughs> I have like a dog on one side. I'm like sandwiched between like bitey faces. Anyway, <laughs> um, go get in the window. You want to get in the window though? Um, oh my god uh anyway <laughs> so you were saying yeah i think i think it's very important um to have trans people speak on trans stuff by and for trans people right um a lot of the time people will be like oh you know we have we have a trans person we have like a token trans person to talk about things um, and that's very different than having spaces that are like broader by and for trans people. And I think that's the objective here is to um, bring back, um, you know, a kind of a sense of community to Trans Day Remembrance mm -hmm. um, and a mm -hmm. sense of community care and an opportunity for people to grieve together, an opportunity for people to connect with each other, to build community. Um, 
and to have that be safe by being, you know, buying for trans folks. Yeah. All, all organized, all led by trans folks is what needs to always be a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And people that sign on should be on being supportive instead of trying to, you know, take over. But one thing I love about your, your, uh, like I, I looked into the aspects of your nonprofit and I love, I have four things that were on your website that I definitely want to delve into. Cause I feel like it gives a very good um, community base of what is materialist, not material, not full on material need, but a, a basis of how to give community and, and, and give and help out with need. Uh, for for trans trans people, for instance, your the curriculum development. Um, are you are you in schools with this curriculum development? Is it a, sort of similar to Q Plus's approach, or is it or is it a different um, idea? Well, so we do we do a lot of different things, um, and different members of um, the peer pred team do like have different specializations. For, mm-hmm. for me personally, I work within my um, professional field typically with curriculum development. So um, I'll develop trainings and uh, guidelines and best practices specifically for peer support and crisis support and suicidology mm-hmm. work. Um, so that's the field that I work in. But we also have team members that do, you know, work with schools and universities that, um, you know, we've been We've been asked, for example, to revise curriculum for, um, you know, s- some some uh, some healthcare associations, mm. specifically like a nursing association hired us to revise their curriculum to make a trans competent. Um, so there's there's a there's a number of different things that people plug into. You know, we have one team member who specializes in sports, specifically in personal training and fitness and stuff like that. So that's the the field that he works in. Um, so there, it's kind of, it's kind of a grab bag of different people, with different specializations. Um, but the type of things that we tend to get asked about a lot is trans competency, general LGBTQ competency, racial competency, and accessibility. Um, so those tend to be the, the main topics. Mm. Okay. So, so basically, is this like a consultant type of, um, like, like, like a, like a consultant uh, similarity, like they like you get hired on, mm-hmm. um, and you have done a lot of programs that are reflect in New Haven as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's... yeah, we do. We do oh, you're good. We do both things, right? So we um, we have we have the consulting kind of um, prong of the fork where we offer people um, support around like developing whatever services they need assistance with that are within our, uh, um, you know, our scope of competencies. We also are working on um, ethical and private and free open source uh, hotline and warmline software. So that's another thing that we're doing that's going to be available, like the code will be available for free once it launched. Um, mm-hmm. And then in Connecticut specifically, we have our Transhaven programs, which are buy and for trans people, direct service work, um, we offer social spaces, support groups, trans peer support training. Um, we have a free binder program. We uh, work together with an organization in uh, Bolivia as well, um, where we supply binders there. And we also help with peer support wow. organizing down there. 
Um, so that started uh, earlier um, this year. Um, and we're really excited about that. Um, How is that going? We, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good. So we have one of, one of our one of our lead team members is from Bolivia, and he does a lot of organizing work down there. Unfortunately, I wish mm-hmm. he could be here today with us to talk <laughs> about it. But um, it actually it started as a um, kind of an accident where um, he he reached out to me and he was like, "Yo, like, do you do you know where we can get some extra binders?" Um, because I'm going back home to Bolivia and I'm going to be working with some, um, you know, some, some organizations down there and they have a problem where their mail system is effectively shut down in the country. So the only way to get anything shipped there is through private like shipping services, which is insanely expensive. So Mm. he, he was going down there and he wanted to bring a big suitcase of chest binders. So Pure Pride, Transhaven got together and we were like, hey, if you have an extra binder, we, we're sending a suitcase of binders to Bolivia. Can you please donate? And all these trans people from like all around, not just Connecticut, but like the tri-state area, people were like mailing in binders. There's like binders flying wow. in from everywhere. Um, we ended up awesome. getting, yeah, we ended up getting a big donation uh, just from one person. So we ended up sending a huge suitcase of binders and it became a thing Um, Now we have a partnership with the binder company GC2B, who supplies us with free binders for Connecticut and Bolivia every month. Um, And the plan is to have the Bolivia shipment go go out annually. Um, So Mm. we're going to be supplying binders there, but also um, Kay Vargas, who is our team member, uh, goes down there and helps with organizing like safe spaces for trans people, um, doing advocacy work, especially for young trans men who are in prison. Um, That was Mm -hmm. a big portion of the people who received our binder shipment who received a lot of his support wow and so so bolivia um definitely has uh, what is what is the uh the atmosphere if you know of just to talk about bolivia for a second with being trans is it is it aggressive or is there any um signs of trying to be more progressive uh, in comparison to the United States, or is this still like a uh, not not as important to the government as of right now? But because of everything that's going on there, let's just be honest. Like it's not like here in the United States where we can actually like focus on certain things. But they, I mean, they went through a fucking coup and all this shit. Like they got mm-hmm. their own issues. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of issues. Um, for me personally, as somebody who's living in the U.S., um, I think it's important to focus on the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely, you know, a lot of unique issues that have to do, you know, a lot of the time with U.S. meddling in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in South America and Latin America. Um, and I think a lot of the organizing that happens on the ground there. Um, is very grassroots. It's very, very trans-led. It's very similar to, um, from what, like, honestly, from what I've observed and from what I've heard from people, like, it's similar to trans organizing in the U.S. South. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of very grassroots work. Uh, For example, one of the people that we uh, collaborate with there is a doctor who is trans, who is just working to help fundraise for people to be able to get their, like, blood lab tests done because it's so expensive um 
and it's you know there's there's no financial assistance around that um similarly right there's issues with accessing um you know uh like gender affirming medication like hormones um there have like a lot of time people have to be creative with how to get them into the country and how to like get shipments because it's so expensive to ship anything um mm -hmm. so there's a lot of barriers around that and you'll see things like supportive um healthcare providers who are trying to organize on a grassroots level alongside other trans people um mm. so that's you know that's the dynamic i mean you you definitely you'd want to have Kay on to talk about the dynamic in bolivia more um since he's there a lot yeah i would love to have yeah. to have him on yeah and just looking at how the us is um you know when if someone that was blind uh one thing that i have had a little discussions with um, and I'm not saying blind, like physically blind. I'm talking about just blind to just what's happening. Um, one thing I had discussions with with some of my my fellow African American peers is they, there's a myth that apparently um, trans and and gay people have more rights in the United States than Black people do, um, and it's de it's definitely a subject that I have seen reoccur um and i don't even know where this myth have st has started because obama was definitely throwing trans people in the solitary confinement he was not really a good president to, i don't think any president honestly was a good president towards trans people in the united states and you see the attack now and i think we should address that because it, i think this is a myth that that cis straight people um just created out of nowhere to try to like keep a division when it when it really should not be a divisive <laughs> a stance like this and when you yeah. see like look what happened in florida they just took they just took health care away from trans kids in florida yeah. yeah and it's 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 a lot of attacks and it's it's all in different ways it's the divide and conquer capitalist idea that has been so effective to keep people away from organizing yeah no it is it is very effective um you know there's uh, a big part of what um what works with this division is the idea that there's no overlap between experiences right um, so a lot of the time, um, you'll hear like, you'll hear a lot of like black trans organizers say, um, you know, being black and trans is not mutually exclusive, right? Or like being black mm -hmm. and queer is not mutually exclusive. And you hear a lot of the same stuff in a lot of different marginalized communities. Um, and it's like you were saying, there's this like very encouraged outlook to think like, oh, like being trans or queer or more specifically like to the point being out as trans or queer mm -hmm. is something that only white people do. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a has, big myth. Yeah, well, it has its own, right? The, 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 the vast majority of trans people that are exploited in the United States, the worst are people of color, um, mm -hmm. first and foremost, right? Um, but beyond that, right, um, there's, a, there's a kernel of truth to that, mm -hmm. um, where, so if we think about, for example, like how people will say when they talk about um, like marriage equality, right? They'll be like marriage equality is an issue that 
only like rich white gay guys care about mm -hmm. right it's an issue that only you know impacted rich white gay guys um yeah. and there is a there's a reason for that because by portraying trans rights by portraying rights for for lgb people right as something that's this like extraneous privilege born thing right like oh like love is love you get to do a thing and we're right. not talking about the fact that marriage equality made it possible for people to not get deported right we're not talking right. about the fact that marriage equality is often something that made the difference between people dying alone in a hospital or not between people being able to afford the basic things that you know like straight couples are able to afford because of their tax benefits like the, none of that gets talked about um because the system has a vested interest in continuing to perpetuate this idea that being out and being treated well as a trans or queer person is this like very privileged extraneous like icing on the cake of life and not a very very basic fundamental human right that you need for survival um, and a lot of a lot of people, especially people in marginalized communities, unfortunately, buy into that idea that like, right, why, why do people prioritize, you know, um, this like extraneous privileged people crap, um, you know, this like, weird, decadent lifestyle choice. <laughs> Right. And like the way that yeah. people talk about trans people in the media too, like, you know, so much history talking about like, oh, like this rich person got surgery so fast and like did all these things and all that crap. Um, it's a very skewed yeah. perspective that the system really benefits from. So I think it's really important for people to recognize that the narrative of the vast majority of trans people, which is very, very, very poor people, predominantly people of color, is not properly, you know, uh, portrayed anywhere. Um, the fact that trans people of color have to struggle with so much more additional stuff on top of racism, right? This transphobia right. and racism packed into one thing mm -hmm. um, is, is very, very important to recognize. And we have to have solidarity and in order to fight against colonialism, in order to fight against patriarchy, in order to fight against racism, we have to also fight against anti-trans bigotry. Um, mm. and I think bigotry is a weak word, honestly, I think it's, it's systemic oppression of trans people, it's systemic gender-based oppression, and it's something that permeates everything. Mm. How can I lead this conversation when I don't have a trans person in the room that is as knowledgeable as you are, you know? Because I, I have tried too many different approaches. I talked about the Native American perspective or how there was multiple genders. I talked about the system of how they they classify what is white and what is black, and then also classifying what is the two genders and all this. I, there are so many ways I have tried, <laughs> and it's like it's like an experiment. How can I get you to understand what I'm trying to say? You know what I mean? And it like the the what do you think is like the the best way, like scenario, I'm at work. Somebody brings up uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and mm. it's well, a very facetious. Her? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, well, if we're talking about her politics, then yeah, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
just not, you know, not even just Caitlyn Jenner, like Laverne Cox. Everybody loves Laverne. And so, like, someone's talking mm-hmm. shit about Laverne. How can I defend? Because I have to address that. I can't allow that to happen. <laughs> I have to give yeah. that idea. Like, maybe I'm thinking different and, and negatively when I shouldn't and actually humanize this person and understand this person. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I think it depends on what on what you're hearing, right? Because right. if um, if you right, there's there's a difference between somebody saying that like there's a scarcity of rights and like you know LGBTQ people are getting all these rights from somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Still waiting magically, but um, <laughs> and then like you know racism is still systemic. Um, that's just that's just factually inaccurate. Both the fact that like these things are happening in the way that people think they are, but also um, the the idea that there's a scarcity of rights. Um, because if somebody is advocating for infringing on um, the rights of trans people, if somebody is advocating for um, you know reactionary policies when it comes to gender, period, right? Right. Those are those are going to go hand in hand, even if that person hates trans people passionately. Those policies are going to go hand in hand with other policies that are going to affect them, because reactionary policies are all they all work in a chain. Nobody, no, no oppressed person is going to benefit from another oppressed person being oppressed more. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you're not going to lose out by you know a a sector of the working class gaining gaining rights more and getting um getting more protections because what we're talking about are not just right social and civil rights we're also talking about economic rights we're talking about workplace non-discrimination right we're talking about um housing non-discrimination we're talking about rights for youth we're talking about fighting against police terror and criminalization of people right um there's there's Mm -hmm. so much overlap there and if anybody believes that they're going to win by encouraging the oppression of some of the most already oppressed people in their own community, then they're like, they're not looking at things right. Um, What it honestly reminds me of is like when, um, you know, when people say things like um, why are burger flippers getting $15 an hour? Yeah. But like, but insulin still costs a lot of money. Like, yes, both of those things are problems. (laughs) And a lot of burger flippers can't afford insulin. Like the, yeah. these are these are the That's same scary. these are the same issues. It's the same system. But if somebody's just like a straight up bigot and they want to say like shit to just say shit, right? Um, I think I think you have to choose your battles, right? I think you have to figure mm-hmm. out where um, you know where you're going to be most impactful because you also you know you you don't need to deplete yourself in trying to change the mind of somebody who's you know very set in in not being a good person towards other people um mm-hmm. but you know if there's if there's things that people don't know if there's um information that people don't have which is often the root of a lot of misinformation um and the root of a lot of bigotry you know, it's good for people to have that info. Um, yeah. But it's okay to tell someone like, yo, like that's super wrong. Like it's not, not, not offensive. It's just inaccurate. It's just, right, silly. right. You're looking like an 
like a silly, silly, silly person. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. There's just people, so much conspiracies. Like yeah. No, there's it's, a it's, lot. It's embarrassing. Like, yeah. I heard someone, like, I could talk about this now because it really pissed me off. But somebody literally thought pansexual mean that they also include uh, animals within their uh, sex life practices mm. and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, mm. really? Someone told mm. you that? Let's let's just look up the definition online real quick. <laughs> like, yeah. do you see any animal in this definition? <laughs> And they, they were just like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, but that's what I heard. I was like, well, you heard wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of interesting theories. Yeah. <laughs> and and I blame, I kind of blame, um, just like the the Christian capitalist culture, um. Mm with that aspect because that's where i noticed it from being someone that was like raised in the church i'm just like god no this is not <laughs> it's not true and y'all need to stop you gotta cut this yeah. out he's like oh it says you lie with the lamb and like stop stop <laughs> stop quoting scriptures <laughs> oh no oh no that's wild there's a there's a lot of weird stuff i mean we're talking like we're talking organized like right-wing crap um there have been like coordinated efforts on the internet by like you know really like messed up like right-wing people to Mm -hmm. try to um you know to try to like for example uh create a fake like movement or like a fake um whatever demand for um pedophiles to be included in like lgbtq stuff um which is like not a real thing that anyone in you know the trans or queer community wants or is advocating for but there's like this entire false initiative by the right to like do this and this is something that dates back to you know a very very long time of like homophobic and transphobic uh um agendas where like there's this idea of you know trans and queer people grooming children or like being being predators or whatever um and it's a very effective mechanism right and it's being utilized today too you'll see it in the media you see it you know in in the with the right-wing pundits like saying all that stuff and that's why there's so many attacks on trans and queer youth um it's very it's very scary and unfortunate Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can I can think about three podcasters who names I'm not even going to mention that I've seen post shit like this, yeah. and and use the term grooming and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I had to be petty with one of them and be like, "Aren't you Catholic? Maybe you should figure that out in your own <laughs> system yeah. before you start accusing people." Not saying anything, but let's check those priests. <laughs> Before you start being hypocritical around here, <laughs> yeah, a um, lot of a lot of projection. <laughs> yeah, let's go on to the next part because I don't want to take oh. up more of your time here. That was good. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a, I always get sidetracked on podcasts because that's just my thing. <laughs> no, we're talking. It's a dialogue. It's the best kind. <laughs> right. True. True. Mm-hmm. You have equity uh, assessments and coaching. Assessments mm-hmm. and coaching. Um, mm-hmm. 
how how do you incorporate that within like um, into work with clients yes yeah yeah so um sometimes like people will bring us in um and uh like for example if i'm working with uh a mental health or peer support agency and Mm -hmm. um their hr people are like we need to do some work on dei Right. We need to do like diversity, equity and inclusion work because either something Mm -hmm. happened or because, you know, for a period of time, that was all the rage for people Mm. to say that they have equity in their in their workplace and so forth. Um, Our our objective and like when when I do this work, um, my objective is to talk to workers. Right. So if I get an opportunity to work with an agency like that. Um, my objective is to talk to frontline workers and be like, how are y'all being treated and what is going on? And Mm -hmm. like, what do you need from me as a impartial person who like, if you said these things yourselves, maybe you could get in trouble. Like if there's transphobia, racism, whatever that's going on in your workplace, like, but I can say it without naming who told me. I can say right. I just observed something, right? So, like, I act as kind of an I act as a mediator, and my my objective with doing this work is to be able to advocate for workers without putting their livelihoods in jeopardy. Um, and the type of the type of coaching that then comes out of that is, you know, if the agency or the workplace is amenable to changing some of their policies or like doing training or whatever, I'll be like, here's my recommendations. Like, you know, um, maybe something needs to change with your how you do your hr stuff maybe something needs to change with how you train people maybe you know you need to address like who you're hiring and and what are they doing to you know to to other workers um depending on what the needs are um and Mm -hmm. yeah but i think the most important thing is just having somebody that like um you know specifically trans and queer workers and workers of color can go to and be like this is the situation in the workplace That's awesome. A lot of people need that shit, like straight yeah. up. Yeah. Like I wish, I wish Yale had people like that, but I, I wouldn't trust Yale doing it. I would trust somebody outsourced like you doing it because, like, the, their trainings. I hope I don't ever get in trouble for saying this. Their trainings are ass. <laughs> I'm yeah. just be honest. It's not really helpful and you leave these trading rooms after doing your assessments and you're just like so what did i really learn and all i get out of it is just i'm just gonna be a snitch instead of actually trying to like get some type of education and more understanding for people that don't understand what's going on or don't realize that their rights are being infringed um well it's those union busting videos right well i have we don't we don't have those thank god Thank oh God. right, because you're in a but, union. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, yeah. just a lot of trust in the HR, you know. Mm-hmm. Um the HR HR has the right thing in mind. Right. Tell on everybody. Don't let <laughs> nobody get away with shit. It's like, where's the conversation? It's like it's a lot of just I'm gonna dictate to you that I heard that you were talking about this. And but you like there's where's the the education behind it like why do why do we say this is incorrect why do we say this is incorrect information um uh, and it's like two hours long Corel. it's just it's just oh, i know i literally go back to that when you were explaining that like <laughs> <laughs> no when i mean the state of connecticut has a required like 
training that people have to go through in any workplace, like a sexual harassment training. I remember like I had to, I had to go through it at my last job and mm-hmm. they had like this whole like thing like, oh, your, your coworker just came out as trans. What do you do? It's like A, misgender her, like B, don't misgender her, C, like misgender her behind her back. Or like what, it was like some weird shit like wow. that. Like, oh, okay, like cool. Um. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I had that question too, actually. <laughs> yeah, and like there's like that. all these like dudes who are like, "What? You can't take a compliment?" Like, all, like all these yeah. like, weird scenarios. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think you know it's ultimately right. I, um, it's it's a privilege for me, and it's it's a really great opportunity for me and the team to be able to be an all trans organization, being like, "Hey." You know, if if you are a workplace or if you're an agency that wants to do better, that wants to like do better by your workers and also by other stakeholders that you have, like people that are receiving services from you, you want to improve in these areas. And like this is a good faith effort. You're going to get a lot out of it. But if it's not a good faith effort and you're just doing it to like check off, you know, a checkbox to say you went through an equity training, that's not going to get you very far. And in that right. situation, like the best that I can do is just talk to your workers and see like what kind of resources I can offer them. Yeah. Oh man. And and I I think that's just the issue that Connecticut is steeping into, just checking off, making sure they're good, instead mm-hmm. of like. And I'm just speaking for Connecticut because I haven't worked anywhere else. It. I mean, a little bit in North Carolina, but I was a kid, so that's totally different. But um, just like child labor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was straight up child laborer in North Carolina. <laughs> but it's yeah. okay, grandpa. It, it's not a bad it was I did it because I love you, grandpa. <laughs> it wasn't oh, that that's bad. what all the small businesses are trying to do. We're a family. You gotta do it because you love us. Um yeah. No, there's a lot. Connecticut is wild. Connecticut, you know, what you were talking about with like the training that you went through. So much of that orientation is about like, we don't want to get sued. That's right. our main objective. <laughs> if you see something, say something. Otherwise, we will get sued. Um, <laughs> that's right. Like, that's that's the point. Um, and a lot because of that being the, the priority, a lot like flies under the radar. And similarly, in Connecticut, a lot of transphobic treatment of people flies under the radar. Um, mm. because people are like, well, we live in Connecticut, like everything's great. You know, if I, if I say something, something will be done about it. It's not going to be done about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah. there's so much crap that happens here that actually mirrors like, even like legislation or like policy changes, um, or like just, you know, treatment of people that mirrors what happens in the States that like, we like to say, oh, we're different than Florida. We're different than Texas. There's a lot that's going on in Connecticut that is very similar. A lot of people don't know about it, so right. it sucks. Right. So yeah. the big part is, just as I asked um, Norman from Q Plus, do mm-hmm. you think Connecticut is on the right track on being the the safe place in the United States for people like me and you, or is there is there a lot of like hype upness that really does not play the par as they try to make it sound <laughs> when you say people like you do you mean like queer people do you mean black people yeah. like what what do you mean because there's a there's on different the, thing on the queer yes yeah, queer is trans <laughs> aspect like okay our, um, our colorful asses 
<laughs> um, well, I think that uh, Connecticut inside the United States is comparatively less egregious in their like openly like vocal mistreatment of people and like you know at least in Connecticut people say like oh yeah we're down with whatever um mm-hmm. but in and 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 Connecticut has a responsibility to continue to uphold that image and to continue to uphold that identity um mm-hmm. it's very easy without pressure from the community and without pressure from you know anybody else who like supports Connecticut being a safe haven for marginalized people um it's very easy for them to say, oh, we said that this is what we are. So like now we don't need to do anything. Um, But like, so here's an example, right? In Connecticut, like very shortly after, like it was announced that Connecticut is a great place to be trans. Um, Everything is super duper. Um, Mm -hmm. Connecticut Medicaid Husky quietly made some changes in their policies that were actually pretty severe. Specifically, they changed the age at which anybody can get top surgery to 18. Mm -hmm. Um, They made they made a cutoff that you can't get top surgery below the age of 18. Mm -hmm. Um, They put a bunch of requirements in place for people to be able to access top surgery and also access facial feminization surgery. Um, including a requirement that was really, really absurd and like did not seem to like know what they were talking about, where they said they needed a PhD with the ability to diagnose psychiatric comorbidities. Like you can't even be like a PsyD, you can't be an MD, you have to be a PhD specifically and you have to practice psychiatry, um, okay. which is like, which is really weird and really silly. Um, and a yeah. very specific requirement, like you have to have a letter from that person um, to get wow. top surgery. Yeah. So this is that like a sounds very, very difficult. Is because there's like nobody who matches that. So there was this big push by wow. mental health providers in Connecticut to be like, yo, what the fuck? Like y'all thought that this would fly under the radar. You did this quietly. This was not announced to anybody. And they're like, oh, we talked to like professionals who work with trans people. And all these people, like including myself, were like, well, you didn't talk to any of us. Mm-hmm. And we don't know of anybody else who specializes in supporting this population. So who the fuck did you talk to? And they started backpedaling <laughs> and apparently like they changed some stuff. <laughs> but it's very insidious because they'll do that stuff quietly, right? In other states, they'll do it very loudly and they'll be like, we hate trans people, rah, 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 this is our identity. But in a state like Connecticut mm-hmm. that has an image to uphold as like we're the state that does good things, when they do fucked up things like that, they'll do it very quietly and without a microscope and like people who are constantly watching the pulse of like not just legislation, but like individual policies within like different agencies and institutions is very mm-hmm. difficult to grab a hold of that. And we got very lucky that people were watching that stuff and caught it and were able to advocate against it because it happened quietly. Um Right. Similarly, you know, uh, in in Connecticut, I was just supporting somebody with accessing housing um, because of a domestic violence situation. Um, Right. A a, a young a young black trans person. And Mm -hmm. um, he was denied uh, affordable housing when he applied for it because his birth certificate didn't match his I.D., 
Have you mm. ever been asked for your birth certificate when you applied for housing anywhere? Never. Okay. Never. Yeah. So um, I have moved a few times, so I could yeah. just say that never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that again, that quietly happened in Connecticut through you know a state agency that's supposed to provide housing to somebody who was in a very very dangerous situation. Um, who is supposed to be, according to Connecticut, at the top of the list for emergency housing, was just straight up denied affordable housing because of straight up open transphobia. Um, and this, again, also happened very quietly. So I think in our state, right, there's um, mm -hmm. there are laws in place that protect people. There are things in place that help, um, that people can point to to say, like, y'all aren't supposed to be doing this. But right. a lot of the nefarious things and a lot of the things that really harm people um, especially if you look at the wealth and income disparity within the state, especially like with the segregation of that, um, you're going to, you're going to encounter a lot of problems that are unique to living in a state like this. And you have to make sure that you have community. You have to make sure that you're watching out for what's going on. And like, you know, are your options changing? Are your rights changing quietly under the radar? Um, mm. So that's something to just be aware of. Mm. Thank you, Kirill. You know, yeah. that's this this is a definitely a dialogue that has to continue to keep on going. And I'm try, I'm thinking about like maybe I should do like a, a a show that's adjacent from this and just focus on predominantly LGBTQ issues and stuff. And it'll, I think it'll be great, like a once a month type of thing, because there's just so much, so much layers to talk about so mm -hmm. much that goes on that you don't really notice, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm a, if I'm a dude living in fucking, I don't, I don't know what's nice around here, Fairfield. And, and I'm a working class person and I'm, I'm also queer and I don't really hang out with that many people all around the state. I just know my bubble. I'm not going to know any of this. I'm, just, I'm going to assume that the Democrats have my rights in mind. <laughs> yeah i'm going to assume it i'm like well we're in a blue state so we're going to be fine regardless but when you're seeing that even like husky can't even get their shit right when they're supposed to be like a really good you know mm -hmm. healthcare option that they can't even yeah. get their shit right so yeah. it's, it's 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 just mind-boggling honestly it's very mm -hmm. mind-boggling it sucks it bothers me <laughs> Yeah, but I want to congratulate you on because like Pear Pride is what a year old. It's a baby. Yeah, a little right? little bit more than a year old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And look how far like y'all are like just doing yeah. the damn shit. Like <laughs> it's been good. I mean, there's a need. We didn't. I didn't right. think there would be so much of a need. You know, Connecticut, a blue state, right? Um, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we know, but. <laughs> like I, I didn't know that there is like not a lot of trans-led stuff. Like, right. we started Trans Haven as like, oh, Greater New Haven, we need stuff in Greater New Haven that's buying for trans people. Cool. We get people from like Bumblefuck all the time being like, I'm in Bumblefuck. What do you have here? And so now we're everywhere, and like it's nice. amazing. Um, and I think you know, going back to Trans Day of Remembrance, it's going to be a really, really right. unique opportunity around the state for people to connect. Um, so right. people should definitely plug in. If you're trans, definitely plug in. Yeah, definitely put that information out in the link below. Um, th again, this is going to be happening all over Connecticut, and which is really, really dope. 
and I'm so excited about your success and being able to get this together because this is something that's definitely going to change a lot. And you're in definitely you are such a badass for staying with this for so long. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> ten years, shit. Like. Oh god, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, so it's, it's been a lot of T door, uh, a lot of a lot of trans stuff in general. But this mm -hmm. this statewide thing, like people are like, oh, Kirill doing a thing. Kirill not doing a thing. I like, <laughs> I I made I made group chats, and Pure Pride made like things and like promo material for people who need it but it is like different trans people who have never met each other around the state awesome. being like yo we want to organize a t-door and now everyone's working together and it would not be possible without people on the ground who want to like make a difference in their own towns and their own cities and like mm. create space for trans people this is not something that you know somebody can just be like we're making this happen it's something right. that comes organically from the community and that's that's what's exciting to me about it Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kirill. And this was a really, really great discussion. And I'm happy that you was able to take the time to be on this podcast again. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. And everyone that's out there in Spotify world and um, Anchor world, if you like what you're hearing, please like, share, um, and support. Definitely. The link will be below on how you can support. Um, no, 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 no amount is, is not acceptable. Oh shit. I'll take 50 cent, whatever. <laughs> so I want you, everybody to have a really good day today. And thank you, Kirill, once again, for coming out. Um, thank and you. I hope you all Everyone support Jamar. Jamar is amazing. Please give him money. <laughs> Jamar needs money. Yes, Wait, we need money. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a good day. Have a good one. Bye. Period, yeah. I'm a black, brown, and indigenous. Gotta holla if you really feeling this. Gotta holla if you really real enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holla if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. Ooh. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we living. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? Hey everyone, if you like the content that you're hearing, uh, please support the show. Uh, we have subscriptions up right now for a monthly dollar a month or up to whatever donation you feel uh, comfortable with. And also, you can hit my link bar, which is in um, the description of the show, uh, to send me donations for Venmo and Cash App. And all this goes into bringing in better quality and also better content. So thank you. Have a good day.